Hey guys, Cable here, and this week's podcast is proudly brought to you by the First Light Sawtooth Hybrid Jacket. This thing is, well, it's very quickly become my favorite piece that I have in essentially any kit, whether you're in the backcountry or the back 40, chasing that big white tail, doesn't matter. The Sawtooth Hybrid Jacket is a must-have. Sometimes I wear it as my outerwear piece. Sometimes I wear it as my second layer. just depends on how cold the temperature is, but it's so easy to layer up or layer down with First Light's you know, system from the merino wool to something like the, the Sawtooth to the Uncompadre Puffy Jacket. Um, you can find all of them at firstlight.com, but do yourself a favor and put that Sawtooth Hybrid on your Christmas list. You will be glad that you did. There's no doubt about that. First Light, go farther, stay longer. Mom got drunk and dad got drunk at a Christmas party. We were drinking champagne punch and homemade eggnog. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> you know it had to be. Robert Earl Keane, Merry Christmas from the family, kicking things off for us on this Christmas edition of the Lone Star Outdoors show. Cable Smith here with you today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. I do appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks to our title sponsor, Dallas Safari Club, as well as Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. We appreciate their support as well. Man, <laughs> it is the most wonderful time of the year no doubt about that. I love Christmas. I love Christmas music. I love the spirit of Christmas. People are so nice. Uh, just wishing you a Merry Christmas. Just at the grocery store, at uh, I had to get uh, a tire, a, a nail taken out of the tire this week. Everyone at Discount Tire. I mean, people were in there singing Christmas songs. It's just awesome. And not to mention, I shot a nice buck last week. I'm going to shoot some ducks in the face to celebrate Christmas Day. And I know people cringe when you say things like that. How can a conservationist say he's going to shoot some ducks in the face? Well, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to enjoy it. And Belle's going to be there fetching them. And then I'm going to pluck them. And then I'm going to smoke them. And then I'm going to feed my family. And it's going to be freaking awesome, right? And by the way, the money that I paid to shoot those ducks in the face, those Pittman-Robertson dollars are going back into fun state wildlife agencies. And that duck stamp that I bought is funding wetland conservation. So, yes, I think we can say things like that, to be honest with you. And uh, why not? It's good, clean fun. It's It truly is the most fun you can have with your pants on, right? No doubt about it. Anyway, we've got a great show lined up for you today. So, you know what to do by now. Pull up that stool a little closer to the campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee. Actually, it's probably apple cider this time of the year. I know I enjoy apple cider with a splash of lemon and a shot of Jack Daniels in there, and uh, you heat that bad boy up. Mm, that's some good stuff. Whatever your poison is today, pour yourself another cup because we're ready to rock and roll. Off the top, we're going to talk some whitetail deer with our Texas Parks and Wildlife whitetail program leader, Alan Kane. Antler restrictions, the good, the bad, and the ugly. What are the pros and cons? Because uh, I've always been a big proponent of antler restrictions. I think, by and large, they're a wonderful thing. They've certainly made a positive impact on the deer herds, the age structure of bucks and the uh, size of their antlers, you know, when it comes to, to harvested bucks in the counties where antler restrictions are in place. But what about those bucks that fall through the cracks? I had experiences, like I said, at my lease in Clay County this year, 
massive eight points. Like, but he was just tall. He had no width. And I thought, you know, think this buck's gonna make thirteen inches. Send it to the picture, a couple pictures of him to the game warden, and he was like, I, I wouldn't shoot that buck, man. I think he's twelve inches wide. But he's a mature buck, so they fall through the cracks. There's got to be a plan in place to make sure that those deer are not passing those genes on. And it's not so much about the missed opportunity to harvest it. It's just, hey, I don't want that deer procreating. He's clearly an inferior buck if the law determines he's illegal. So there needs to be something done about that. Uh, So anyway, we'll get into that with Alan. Uh, And then we'll be joined by Ryan Allspock, the... uh, creator of warrior fuel supplements passionate backcountry bow hunter loves big mule deer so we'll talk maintaining our bodies dudes especially as we age uh, becomes tougher and tougher and and i think life gets in the way and and even if you make it to the gym on a regular basis which i do there are things that i completely neglect uh so we're going to get into some of those tips to just keep us functioning keep us going uh to where it doesn't hurt to get out of bed every day because I've been there too, man, and it sucks. Getting old, father time waits for man nor beast. Let me tell you, that is the truth. I think Ryan also has some pretty pointed opinions um, regarding issues within the hunting and fitness communities that uh, he's going to point out today as well. So that's what's on the docket for today. Going to be a good one. Don't forget that our Lone Star Outdoors show 10 Days of Christmas are going on right now on well uh this weekend sunday day nine we've got a 200 hundred dollar first light gift card that we'll be giving away and then on monday christmas eve we'll give away that ruger takedown nine millimeter rifle from our friends over at hoff power ranch and supply so that's the grand prize we've been giving away a prize a day i've got another prize to give away right now actually and that is a pair of costa sunglasses and uh we appreciate costa longtime sponsor Everyone who emails in the word Costa will be eligible to win these. I think they are the black fins. Yep, the uh, black fin is the model. Just email the word Costa. That's Costa to Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com. And we'll get you entered into the Costa giveaway. Also, our photo of the month contest going on right now. We've got a Lone Star beer prize pack for the December winner. Email your best hunting, fishing, outdoor photo to Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com. Better yet, post it on our Facebook page wall or use the LSOS photo contest hashtag on Instagram. Our monthly winners from this year will square off for a chance to hunt trophy Axis Deer or Black Buck with me down at Coons Canyon Ranch this spring. Up next, we take a look at antler restrictions 15 years after their implementation. Alan Kane joins us right here on the Lone Star Outdoors Show. Christmas in Texas, it'll be about 103. Christmas in Texas, watching the snow falling on TV. Christmas in Texas, I better grab another bag of ice. Christmas in Texas, cause warm Lone Star beer Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffbear's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. 
In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas and Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, and now McKinney. Visit BobcatofDallas.com or call 469-586-0000. I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800 9 Go hunt or visit our website at www.biggame.org. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. I'm leaving Santa Home Star. Hey, Santa, thanks for working so hard. Hey, Santa, I know you travel so far. time favorite Christmas tunes there. I'm leaving Santa Lone Star. That's Sam Mason and Songbird Jones bringing us back from break here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show powered by Dallas Safari Club. Cable Smith riding shotgun with you today. Thanks for sharing a part of your holiday season with me. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Hope that you're having a good one. I know I certainly am. And why wouldn't I be? I got to put together a Barbie dream house until 2 a.m. last night through that sucker in the attic but hey at least i won't have to do that christmas eve because on christmas eve i get to put together a 14 by 8 foot trampoline so that's gonna be awesome (laughs) uh it's all for the kids but i do believe that it's important to remind those kids and teach them what the real meaning of christmas is all about so anyway we're all set to get into some interesting whitetail discussion regarding Antler restrictions. We'll do that with our Texas Parks and Wildlife Whitetail Program Leader, Alan Kane. But before we do that, this segment of the show brought to you by Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. Grab a 12-pack on your way to the deer lease as we wrap up the season. Maybe you haven't placed your tag on that big buck yet. Still got a couple weeks to do so. And uh, when you do, celebrate with an ice-cold Lone Star Beer. Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. Let's go ahead and talk some white-tailed deer here uh, because as much as I like shooting mature bucks, watching them grow, I know y'all do as well. And it's not lost on me that Texas Parks and Wildlife wouldn't have antler restrictions in place if they weren't trying to get Texas hunters to shoot mature bucks as well. So with that being said, let's welcome our white-tailed program leader, Alan Kane, back to the broadcast. Thanks for being here, Alan. Yeah, I always enjoy this time of year, Cable, so... Yeah. What's going on? You know, I got a couple things on my mind. Uh but but first of all, I want to know what you've been up to. What is what is our whitetail program leader up to here in mid December? Or guy, um, well, we're almost it's Christmas. We're we're in late December now. Yeah, late December. Um actually I've been spending some time analyzing um the survey data that our staff collect all our wild biologists across the they, they collect um, through, it ends, our survey ends October 31, and so I've been analyzing um, population data um, to kind of get an idea of where we're at this, uh, this year. 
And then, uh, obviously, we're collecting age and antler data and uh, CWD sampling around the state and uh, working on that. And uh, so those are the, the things that keep me busy this time of year. Okay, right on. Um, have you seen the Collin County monster that was killed this past weekend? I have not, so it sounds like a big one then. Yeah, um, so obviously uh, archery kill because Collin County's bow only, uh, but the, the hunter's name is Chad Jones. It went... Two thirty-five and three eighths, which I think would make it third all time uh, for a wow. whitetail uh, archery kill in Texas. Which uh, I'll send you a picture when we get off the phone. Uh, this thing is just incredible. Uh, wow. I don't know how many points he has, but he's wide. I mean, he's got it all going on. <laughs> so, you know, those those archery only counties though: Dallas, Rockwall, Collin, and of course Grayson County, a little farther up north. And I don't know if there's yeah. any other counties in the state that are bow only, but you keep seeing these giant deer come out of these counties, and and I, it's no secret. I think uh, that has everything to do with the fact that you know they're, they're, it's harder to kill them with a bow. Sure, you know those deer. Obviously, um, hunting pressure is probably not as high either. Uh, I, there's probably not as many bow hunters in those counties, and you've got this little slivers of habitat, especially in Collin and Rockwall and Dallas counties there. Um, where deer may live a long time or their entire life without ever being hunted. And then occasionally they'll wander through somebody's hunting grounds that uh, that does bow hunt, and uh, they're lucky enough to connect on one of these monster bucks out there. But and then a big part of that, aside from the hunting pressure, is just age structure. Obviously, uh, you know, harvest success is much lower with the bow, and um, and so you're, those bucks are allowed to age. And, uh hmm and and bow hunters um, may be more selective too in those counties too, um, passing up opportunities on just any buck and waiting for some uh, larger bucks to show up, older age class bucks to show up, just because they know um, that they're out there. There's that possibility that they'll see one of those type of deer. So yeah. Well, let's talk about antler restrictions. Um, what year were they first imposed? Just take us back. You know, take a walk down memory lane here and figure out sure. when this started. So back in 2002, um, the department um, adopted a regulation, and it was experimental regulation at the time, um, in six counties in that southern post-oak savanna. So you're talking uh, that area around Columbus there, Lavaca County, um, just those counties right in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they adopted a regulation, and at the time um, – the restriction had to have a 13-inch inside spread or greater uh, or an unbranched antler on one side or six or more points on one side. And then ultimately dropped that six or more points on one side and just went to the um, the unbranched antler or a 13-inch inside spread. Anyway, after the third year of that study, it showed, or that experimental regulation, obviously showed a a resounding success when you're going from – 70 or 80 percent of the harvest being year and a half or two-year-old bucks in some of those counties up to, you know, or, yeah, 80 percent. And then that, by the time that, uh, the end of that regulation, by 2005, I believe it was, you're seeing 60 to 70, 75 percent, three and a half years of age or older. Hmm. And so after that, um, the regulation expanded to 15 counties, kind of in that southern post-oak region there in 2005. 
And then in 2006, it expanded to another um, 40 counties and uh, kind of spread out primarily in the eastern part of the state, East Texas and the Piney Woods. And then in 2009, went to 52 additional counties. And those counties would have been that Blackland Prairie, kind of that corridor up I-35, and then um, actually west I-35 into some of that southern cross timbers like Brown County and mm. uh, Coriel and some of those counties right in there. And, and then the last round was in 2012. We had four counties up there when we opened a archery season to call Rockwell and Dallas. The um, antler restrictions were also um, applied to those counties. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we currently we have 117 counties uh, under antler restrictions in the state and 137 counties without antler restrictions. So it's kind of balanced and if you were to draw a line in general, it's basically everything east of I-35. Um, and why is that? I mean, why, why don't we just make it a statewide legislation? Well, the justification that we use um, to consider an- implementing antler restriction regulations in a county is that uh, the age structure or the harvest needs to indicate that, uh, I don't know, somewhere 55 60% or more of the harvest uh, is bucks two and a half years of age or younger. If it's that high, then um, we'd consider implementing antler restrictions. Mm-hmm. And so in much of those counties that, that we don't have antler restrictions, they're obviously they're in South Texas, Hill Country, the Rolling Plains uh, from Abilene North. All those counties have good age structure in place where 50, 60 70% of the harvest is older age class bucks or bucks three and a half years of age or older. Hmm. And so there's not a need to implement restrictions there. Um, is that a direct might, result of less hunting pressure? I don't know that it's, there's a whole. Or, I mean, the people on the West side of the state just have a better grasp of whitetail management. I just, I, it seems kind of crazy. Um, I don't know that that's the case and I, I wouldn't, want to stereotype and say everything. I'll stereotype it. We, we always have said, you know, East Texas, that mentality was if it's brown, it's down. So <laughs> I'm not afraid to say that. Um, There's some of that, but but you got to take into consideration in South Texas, you have some very large properties out there, and so they can be selective on what they harvest. Sure. So they can make a decision on these some of these ranches like, hey, I'm not going to shoot year-and-a-half-old bucks, or if I am, they're going to be of a certain criteria that – I'm not desiring on my ranch, and so mm-hmm. they may remove those. And same in the hill country in, in the western part of the state. The further west you move, the larger the properties you get, the lower the hunter density. Uh, east I-35, you have a lot smaller tracts of land and a lot higher hunter density. And so, um, you know, prior to antler restrictions, a lot of people wanted to kill something, whatever it was, no buck. <clears throat> um, and a lot of times that might have been the first buck that was out there. Mm-hmm. And so after restrictions went in place, it basically shifted the age structure, and um, the harvest success hadn't really changed much um, after the restrictions went into effect. It's been pretty stable. Um, I think the post oak savanna, just off the top of my head, averaged hunters harvest on average 0.86 deer per hunter, and so and that trend has been generally stable the last 10 or 15 years. You mm. see it fluctuate a little up or down, but pretty close to that. So. Um, but in the eastern part of the state, the, <clears throat> the antler restrictions and then things like Wildlife Management Cooperatives and Association have done a tremendous amount to help 
educate hunters or cause hunters to stop and think instead of just shooting the first thing that's out, the brown it's down mentality. It's giving people a chance to like, okay, I got to make sure the buck's legal. Now I'm going to watch the deer. I start learning about its behavior. I start thinking about the biology, the management, and all that goes together. And I think you have a more educated hunter base. Um, There's still a high hunter density over there. And so you may have a lot of pressure on some of these deer. They're much smarter, harder to hunt maybe than some other places we have less pressure, but uh, I still think folks over in the eastern part of the state are um, engaging in, in good quality management. It's just we have lots of folks, so there's small, lots of small tracts of land. Sure, sure. And, I mean, it's an absolute fact that antler restrictions are creating a an older age structure in harvested bucks in those antler restriction counties, and the average score of their antlers has gone up exponentially as well. Uh, with that being said, Alan, I do have a bone to pick with these antler restrictions uh, for, on a personal level. Um, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll get into that. Um, that segment brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. It would make me uh, – actually, there's nothing I would like more than for you to become a member, to get plugged in with this great group of folks who are passionate about hunters' rights – Education, that's educating the masses on why we do what we do and how it is conservation at its core. And, of course, they are the worldwide leader in big game conservation. To get plugged in, check us out at biggame.org. We'll be right back with more from our Whitetail Deer program leader, Alan Kane. We're breaking down the pros and cons of antler restrictions right here on the Lone Star Outdoors show. Pretty paper. Pretty ribbons of blue Wrap your presents to your darling from you Pike County, Illinois, and the surrounding area is hallowed ground for whitetail hunters. And with 21 years' experience, Golden Triangle Whitetails is the oldest outfitter in the state. Spread out over 14,000 acres, they have 350 acres of food plots, 500 tree stands, and over 80 box blinds. The guides take pride in having hunters harvest giant Midwest bucks. Golden Triangle Whitetail hunts the Illinois archery, shotgun, and muzzleloader season. They have a full-time chef and excellent lodging. Book your whitetail hunt of a lifetime by going to www.goldentrianglewhitetail.com today. Have you been looking for new and innovative products in the shooting industry? Then check out IOTA. Their scope rings and stocks are second to none, especially with their patented Zero Light and Key Lock technology. Based right here in Texas, check them out at iotaoutdoors.com or call 979-229-4664. IOTA Outdoors, inspiring innovation for hunting and shooting. Hey folks, this is Zane Williams here to thank you for listening to my buddy Cable Smith on the Lone Star Outdoors show and also wanting to wish each and every one of you a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and Happy Hunting, y'all. And it's amazing how... When we're holding him, all the light and the joy and the hope we'd lost come rushing back in. Somehow Christmas feels like Christmas again. One of my favorites there from our good friend Zane Williams, Christmas feels like Christmas again. I'm Cable Smith. Welcoming everybody back to the Lone Star Outdoors show. It certainly does feel like Christmas. You know, it's only a couple days away. And truly my favorite holiday of the year, no doubt about that. Uh, thank you guys and gals for sharing a part 
of the holiday season with me. I appreciate it immensely as we're talking white-tailed deer and antler restrictions here today with Texas Parks and Wildlife Whitetail Program Leader Alan Kane. And we'll get into a personal experience of mine here momentarily. But before we do that, uh, this segment of the show brought to you by Horizon Firearms. Y'all have seen that 7 mag. I've, I'm not shy about posting pictures of it because it is so beautiful. But she ain't no safe queen. That thing's been all over North America, South Africa, Canada, you name it. And it's a tack driver. They built it to my specifications. They'll do the same for you. You can find them at horizonfirearms.com. They're based out of College Station, Texas. With that being said, uh, let's go ahead and take a listen to the rest of the conversation we had with our good friend Alan Kane of Texas Parks and Wildlife. And I've always been a big fan of antler restrictions, but I, I will tell you, Alan, I had a, an experience this year where I, I got on this place in Clay County up around Wichita Falls. Um, we had some old bucks, and this this property hadn't been hunted in, in at least 10 years. A family friend and you know, they leased it for cattle, but they hunted quail. They weren't really interested in interested in whitetail hunting. So obviously, these deer have been left unmolested and have gotten to ripe old age of six and a half, seven and a half. And I know that based off of the teeth of some of the ones that we've taken this year. But uh, I had this eight point, and it's opening weekend, and and I'm taking my five year old son Henry out uh, for the first time and. Put a picture of this buck up. I was like, "Do you think he makes antler restrictions?" Put it on Facebook, Instagram. Everyone's like, "Oh yeah, 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 he's legal. Look how mature he is." And I was like, "Well, maturity doesn't matter. It's got to be 13 inches wide." And uh, I sent it, a picture to the uh, the game warden there, Eddie Hood in Clay County, and he was like, "I wouldn't shoot that buck, man. I think he's only 12 inches wide." And it's funny. So I we went out and ended up shooting a, a nice buck, uh, like 15 inches wide. And Eddie checked Henry and I that evening, the night that we shot him opening day. And, he's, and he didn't know who I was. And I was like, hey, do you remember that guy that texted you that picture this week? And he's like, was that you? And I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like, that was a nice buck. Just, you know, I just don't think he was legal. He's probably four and a half, five and a half years old. He also, that same day, uh, one of the guys on the leash shot 141-inch 10-point. And that buck was, wow. yeah, he was 13 inches, 13.1 inches wide. Eddie checked him, too. And he was like, this one's going to be close, you know. And uh, he was like, he said that there's a little gray area, like a quarter of an inch. He, he'll give people the benefit of the doubt. And I don't know if all the game wardens are like that. Or Do you guys give them any instruction on how big a sticklers they need to be on that law? We don't. I mean, generally that's a law enforcement decision. And what I would say is that the, our game wardens have discretion. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously if it's you know a quarter inch, one side or less, and, I mean, it's hard to uh, – you know, it can be difficult to judge – was he 12 and a half or is he 13 or 13 and a half? And so I think they take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. I think where they're going to really get after people is if you uh, do something that's egregious. Obviously, you knew that deer had an 80 inch spread and you shot it anyway. That's an issue. Or you're a repeat offender and you continue to kill these bucks that are 11, 12, 11 and a half, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to write you a citation. But if it's and if it's an older buck, they're going to consider all that. So, but they have discretion. But uh, you know, I won't speak whether they will write a citation sure. or not because that it depends on each in the each individual warden. But like you said, there's there's some discretion there, and they're going to use common sense and and 
in those instances. Mm-hmm. And, and there certainly is mature bucks out there that have spreads that are right at 13 inches or uh, in some cases less. Um, but we do know from our age and antler data that um, <clears throat> the average inside spread statewide for the vast majority of deer, uh, three and a half or older, or three and a half year old bucks is 14.3 inches. And huh. then, and it goes up from there. And so you're talking a small percentage, you know, when we look at the harvest data that, that comes in every year that our staff collect um, in the field, you know, five to I think it's five to seven percent, um, a very a relatively small percentage uh, of the bucks out there probably have a spread less than 13 inches by the time they're three and a half. But the the, the fact is, the more you let those deer age, four, five, or six years old, that percentage goes down even smaller. You know, um, the average inside spread in, um, is for about a six and a half year old buck in the state is 16.1 inches. For seven and a half at sixteen point two, then it goes back down at eight and a half. But you know, by the time they're four to to eight, they're running between fifteen and sixteen inches on average uh, inside spread. And so, you know, there may be some of these bucks that um, folks see that are right at thirteen, and they may be a three and a half year old buck and uh, just a little small. Yeah. Um, and just give them another year and they age up. But there's certainly some of these deer that uh, bucks like y'all saw that are probably six or seven years old that are that are just may never make make it beyond that. Yeah, and that's, that and that's leads me hard. to my next question, which was going to be, okay, so we've got these bucks that are, and, and like I said, that that uh, six-and-a-half-year-old, I aged his teeth, that six-and-a-half-year-old that my buddy shot, 141 inches is a great trophy for, I mean, free range anywhere. I mean, that's a wonderful buck. Sure. But he damn near didn't make antler restrictions. And so my question would be, so you've got this buck that you know is mature. Let's just say he's, old he's five and a half or older and he's 12 inches wide so is there or or why isn't there a plan in place for you to be able to send that photo to your local biologist or game warden and say hey this one specific buck uh isn't legal i'd like to take him out of the gene pool because let's be honest if they're not wide enough then they're passing that gene on which you don't want um so it would make sense for me personally to think okay well yeah, and like that eight point, if he doesn't make it next year at five and a half, then I'd like to get him out of the gene pool too. So I just don't understand why there's not a plan in place for that. And it might be just because it opens up a can of worms. It's just not worth messing with, but I wanted to get your take on that. Oh, I mean, it's a good question. We get that question a lot, you know, can't you issue a tag or can't you do something special? And so I will say we do have something in place. Now, not everybody's going to like that, and that's the Managed Lands Deer Program, um, because under that program, you're exempt from antler restrictions. But mm-hmm. the other side of the coin on that, particularly with MLD, is our staff provide harvest recommendations for that property on the number of bucks uh, and or does that can be taken. And so if there's a bunch of these deer out there that are really bothering you and they're, they're old-age class deer, what appears to be old-age class deer, then somebody could get under the MLD program and, you know, even if it was just for a year or two and remove some of those bucks. Um, or you in so there's different options, you know, the conservation option that requires a management plan and some additional activities on the landowner's part, but then there's a harvest option that's kind of an automated tag issuance and you could try that, you know, one year as an, an option to help remove some of those deer. Um, now, why can't we call a game warden or a biologist, okay, so let's just put this in perspective. I mean, our 
our staff are out there, game wardens and biologists, they've got all kinds of things going on near deer season. And there's um, 800,000, a million deer hunters out there in the state. Right. And half of them, 500,000 of them being probably in the eastern part of the state there, a big chunk of them. Our staff couldn't do anything but answer those questions. Um, and then you get into subjective issues like, okay, somebody sent me a picture of this buck, and based on his antlers, he looks like he's right there or just a hair less. But then we can't age age the deer on the hoof because the whole intent is to get these deer to older age classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and you as anybody ought to know that aging deer on the hoof by pictures is not an exact science, and uh, that's more likely to do to uh, negate in the positive benefits of the antler restriction if we just start making decisions and say, well, this one's mature and this one's not, or you can harvest this one, that, that gets too subjective. And, uh, it's there's a can not of worms that's not worth messing with, right? <laughs> yeah, and so at the end of the day, if somebody's really that concerned about these bucks, these mature bucks, participate in the MLD program. We have an option. The yeah. other thing is, you know, the reason we have this um, – the two buck bag limit in these antler restriction counties, with one of them being an unbranched antler deer, and I know there's always controversy with the spike buck issue or what you would call an unbranched antler buck, but on average, in general, um, bucks, year and a half old bucks that have an unbranched antler spike, three point, or those smaller bucks in that cohort than bucks with four, six, eight points as a yearling, they're generally going to be produce smaller antlers which means narrow spread by the time they mature by the time they're three four five or whatever and so there's that option to harvest those bucks or those spike bucks those three points uh, those deer with unbranched antlers while they're still young get them out of the herd and that should help to reduce that uh, occurrence of those bucks those older age class bucks with narrow antlers now i'm not saying it's universal that, that it's blanket that all those Spikes are always going to be less than 13. There'll be some greater than that. But on average, they produce smaller mm-hmm. antlers. And there's enough research, not just at the Kerr, but at Mississippi State, at Kingsville. I mean, all of them show similar trends with that. And so uh, regardless of how you look at it, so basically the smallest antlered bucks in each age group, uh, especially when you're talking yearlings, um, are generally going to have smaller antlers when they get older. And so that's a way to help manage that. Um, in an early age class before they get to that point where they mature and say, well, he's not eligible to be harvested now. If you kill him as, as an unbranched antler deer, you may have the potential to move, remove a bunch of those deer. Hmm. And uh, so that's an option. But, uh, okay. yeah, it's not an easy question. And, again, it's in general, it's a relatively small percentage out there. Um, yeah, I mean, this so, is the first time it's ever affected me personally, you know, and so that just goes to show you it's not happening on a regular basis. Um, I think some yeah. regions probably have a higher percentage of bucks like that than others, uh, but I think that it's just one of those things. So, you know, hopefully that, that eight point will make 13 inches next year when he's five and a half. So, um, yeah, we shall see. Uh, I did want to say, though, in um, as a kind of a proponent of the MLD program, had another friend who his family owns a ranch in Lampasas County. It is it is high fenced, but they've not introduced any genetics, so it's completely native Texas whitetail. They're not feeding protein. Their plan is to kill off the hill country genes, to be honest with you, and introduce uh, 
you know, a northern or south Texas genetic or whatever. And there's one buck on there that was pretty nocturnal. They couldn't kill it, couldn't kill it. A couple last couple seasons, I think they have like five bucks left or five deer left on the whole thousand acre place. And he told me, you know, he sent me pictures of it. And he was like, dude, what do you think this buck scores? And I said, I, it's got to be in the 180s. It's a 12 point in the hill country. <laughs> well, he finally got, he finally, the, the buck slipped up. He shot it 12 point mainframe with some kickers. It grossed 194. And this is a native genetics there in Lampasas County. The buck was only 12 and a half inches wide. <laughs> so that tells you, oh, yeah, I'll send you a picture. I mean, the thing is just ridiculous. Um, but if they weren't in under MLD, he wouldn't have been allowed to legally shoot that buck. So, yeah. you know, and that's, uh, and that's a 194 inch deer. <laughs> it would have been illegal. Yeah. So yeah. just a, just a, one and of those, it's a rare example, but luckily they were MLD and he, he put, you know, took the buck of a lifetime. Is. Well, that's, and that's a, a benefit of that program. And, and sometimes it may be worth it to get into that program just for that one deer for that one seed, mm-hmm. you know, and then, then if you don't like it, then get back off and under the county regulations. But, uh, yeah, there's always those exceptions out there. I remember in college, I was interning on a ranch in South Texas and, uh, one of the trophy hunters we were guiding, uh, he ended up killing a deer that, uh, grossed 187, but he had a 14 inch spread. I'll never forget that. It was just a row of points. Oh my gosh. And he had a bunch of non-typical stuff, but it was, I think, 13 or 14 typical points off his beam, and they were just, huh. you know, skyscraper tall and uh, and not really long beams, but just a lot of points and really tall. And so, uh, and a lot of people look at those deer and say, oh, it's not wide enough. I don't like that. I'm not going to shoot it. You know, when in reality, that's a really, really big deer, and, and folks sometimes uh, don't see the the beauty in that i guess unless it's just got a big spread too you know but uh, oh i love i love the narrow wreck with a lot of mass and i think they're yeah fine looking representation of a white-tailed deer that's for sure Um, oh yeah yeah well uh, you know what i'd like to talk spikes with you but we're out of time for today we'll have to table that one and i got a story for you a personal story of a, a buck that i shot at four and a half that uh went 142 and we got a picture of him as a as a one and a half year old, and you wouldn't believe what he looked like. It was pathetic. <laughs> yep, so, and that happened. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we'll do that next time, Alan. I, I certainly appreciate you jumping on with me, man. It's always great to talk white tails with you. Yeah, I enjoy it, Cable, and we'll catch up soon. All right, there he goes, Texas Parks and Wildlife White Tailed Deer Program Leader Alan Kane. And um, for me personally, I think Texas Parks and Wildlife, and some of y'all might not agree with this, uh, but Considering the fact that this state is 98% privately owned, I think they do a great job of managing our deer herd. This affected me personally, and I'm not bitter about it. You know, that eight point was and is a mature buck, needs to be shot. And if I want to shoot it, well, then I've got the MLD option. So I think they're doing their best. I truly do. Uh, Appreciate Alan's time today. That segment of the show was brought to you by All Seasons Feeders, whether it's a mature eight-point that doesn't make antler restrictions or that beastly 17-and-a-half-inch wide ten-point. Mm-hmm. You know that slammer I'm talking about. But at some point, they're going to show up at the All Seasons Feeders. That is a fact. So you know what you do? You get that 600-pound stand and fill. It's so easy. You just stand there and fill it. No more backing your truck up. No more ladders. None of that crap. It's the stand and fill. 
from All Seasons Feeders, and you can find it at allseasonsfeeders.com. All right, let's take a break. Up next, we'll be joined by our friend Ryan Alsbach of Warrior Fuel Supplements. We're going to talk backcountry mule deer hunting, the problem with social media today pertaining to the hunting community, and then uh, just regular old maintenance tips that we guys need to think about as we age. That's coming at you next on the Lone Star Outdoors show. With your Christmas of white, but I have a blue, 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 blue Christmas. All right, waterfowl junkies, the finisher is the quick and humane way to dispatch a duck or goose. It's uh, you know, it's unsettling when you've wrung that bird's neck, you throw it in the pile, and 10 minutes later, he's laying there flopping. Uh-uh. We don't want that. That's not ethical. And so the finisher alleviates that. You stick the finisher in the back of the bird's skull at an upward angle, give it a little twist, boom, dead instantly, never felt the thing. The finisher is only 14 bucks. It fits on any waterfowling lanyard, and you can find it at adrenal-line.com. Hey, hey, all you waterfowl junkies out there. Cable here for TX Duck Blinds. Highly durable and highly mobile customized duck blinds built by duck hunters for duck hunters. Each blind is built from solid steel by professional welders and field tested before shipment. A duck season will come and go, but guess what? Your TX Duck Blind is built to last. Customize yours today by calling 817-965-1306. You can also find them at texasduckblinds.com or check them out on Instagram and Facebook at TX Duck Blinds. Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. That it is, Edward. That it is indeed. And I had taken a fine point marker and given him a small tattoo. The word mom and a heart on his shoulder, like a real G.I. might do. And I remembered that Christmas morning, mom smiling warm and nice, knowing she got what I wanted, and knowing she only paid half price. Cable Smith, welcoming everybody back to this morning's presentation. Yeah, I know Christmas this little special box of edition of the Lone Star Outdoors show. Thank you so much for being here. Most As of it made we've in got China. Uh, some interesting stuff to get into, especially to for all of you middle-aged guys out there who maybe aren't taking care of themselves the way that they should be. I know that I certainly don't um, when it comes to some things, but our good friend Ryan Allspock of Warrior Fuel Supplements, I mean, the guy looks like a Greek statue, <laughs> and he does take care of himself, so I think we could learn a few things from him. And also, uh, he's a huge backcountry bow hunter, obsessed with giant mule deer. He hails from Utah, and we're going to get into all of that stuff here in just a second. But first, this segment of the show is proudly brought to you by Pulsar Night Vision and Thermal Imaging Technology. I keep telling y'all, the Pulsar Helion is a vital part of my hunting pack. And if it's legal in the state that I'm hunting in, I've got it with me. Of course, it's going to prevent you from blowing animals out of an area, whether that's walking to your tree stand in the dark or uh, heading into a draw to look for that monster bull elk. But it will also help you find animals in broad daylight. That's another thing that I absolutely love about it. It's the Pulsar Helion. You can find it at PulsarNV.com, plus save 20% off anything, any night vision or thermal imaging optic when you use my promo code LONESTAR. All right, uh, well, let's bring him on right now, our, our old friend 
and fitness guru, it's my pleasure to welcome Ryan Allspock back to the show. I'm excited to uh, be here, man. Absolutely. My pleasure. So, uh, first of all, um, I'm fighting through some injuries, just trying to get through the end of hunting season before having surgery. I, I told you I got this uh, nerve damage in my foot that it's it's at the point where it's going to require surgery. So, I'm looking at like first week of February where every all of the hunting here will be pretty much done by then. A couple trade shows will be over. Uh, and then you saw that silly video where I was playing soccer in the living room and uh, ended up hurting my shoulder. So cortisone shot there. And uh, at 37, yeah, I'm I'm pretty beat up, but I'm not ready to quit. You know, competitive sports and, and being active. So let's start with some maintenance maintenance tips. And I'm not talking about lifting hard, but w- what are the daily things that you do to keep your body running at a high level so you can, you know, navigate the high country for those big mule deer that you love. Dude, the, the, in all honesty, the, the biggest thing is, is off-season preparedness for that. You, you know, not putting too much damage on your body, uh-huh. but keeping your body in check. Um, going through injury sucks because your body, um, its natural um, thing is to, to fight off and to not want you to do anything hard. And so it, in order to repair itself, you, you do have to chill a little bit. You definitely don't want to be lifting weights um, on, a, on a hard injury. But what I recommend is, is keeping your, your diet and your nutrition on, on point. So the biggest thing, and I think the most under, underutilized thing, is minerals and, uh, and, such, and things such as turmeric, stuff that will be anti-inflammatories. So I, I take a high level of vitamin C, um, between 3 and 5 milligrams, uh, or three and five grams. I'm sorry, uh, a day, mm-hmm. and uh, that's during the off season. When I when I'm hunting, I take up to ten thousand milligrams, so ten grams of uh, vitamin C a day. And I only take one vitamin C, which is ester C. It's one of the only vitamin Cs on Earth that your body can absorb. Um, I do that. I take turmeric tw- twice a day. Um, I pound my aminos, glutamine, um, and I'm drinking two gallons of water a day. Um, if uh, if I'm injured, I'm drinking about a gallon and a half. If I'm not. Um, just to make sure I'm flushing everything out. The other thing that I do is keep my my uh, my protein and my collagen levels high. So I I don't drink a lot of powdered protein. If I do, it's a vegan protein, um, mm-hmm. and then I'll add collagen to it. Um, if I if I'm not doing that, I, I'll have a greens drink. So I throw a bunch of spinach and celery and all kinds of good stuff into a drink. I'll add some collagen to it, and because uh, collagen will repair repair tissues such as ligaments and um, skin and muscles and you know hair and all that stuff, and so. Um, I keep my, well, so my, my hair will come back. Well, I don't know about it coming back, man, but <laughs> it, uh, it will help. It will help. You know, it's uh, funny because my wife always says, "You're it's like your fingernails grow so fast and they're and they're so perfect." And I'm like, "It's because I'm drinking ten grams of collagen a day, and you're not." You know, it, it's uh, people don't understand that our you know protein and collagen is what makes up most of our body, and so um, you 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 got to utilize that as much as you can. But man, you got to you guys got to you got to rest. You got to you got to recover. That's the, the the key. You know, my. My mission in life is to bring back vitality to, to people. Um, and, uh, you know, as I'm getting older, you're 37, I'm 38. Uh, the biggest thing is energy and, and sex drive and drive and recovery and performance. And, and uh, there's not a day that goes by where I'm not, you know, nose deep in research trying to figure out the best ways to utilize all that. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right on. And, and you know, my, uh, my three pillars is uh, you need to, Either hunt, fish, that's one. Have sex is number two, or go to the gym every day, to, to my opinion. You've got to do one of the three. Like, for me, if I don't do one of those three, uh, I feel like, man, that day kind of sucked, you know? 
Totally. No, I could have done a lot of great work that day and recorded some awesome interviews, but at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm fe- it's it's the physical feeling. I'm like, that was not a satisfying day. Yeah. You know, I, I'm with you 100%. It's one of those things where my I have a few things in my life I don't do every day. Um, one of them one of them on my checklist, um, I, have, I actually have three three things that, well, actually five now, but that I checklist, and uh, one of them is, is mind improvement. So I, I want to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm constantly, I'm trying to learn and improve my mind and, and uh, my knowledge and choose my, my recovery. So I go to cryotherapy as much as I possibly can, do the red light therapy, the cryotherapy chamber. And, and, uh, and uh, my third one is just progress, man. Like I want to be able to write something down where I made progress. And so, you know, I, I don't, there's not a day that goes by where I don't go to the gym. Like there's, it's just not even a question. That's mm-hmm. going to be, that's going to trump most things in my life, but because it's been my staple since I was 14 years old, but, but I want to look at, I want to get down at night and write in my little book and say, okay, this is what I made progress on. And I can be able to actually name something that moved forward. Like those are my biggest things, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about stretching? I know that's the thing that a lot of, especially dudes just were like, nah, I don't, I don't is, and it, and you know, is, it's like if I have an hour to go to the gym and I'm guilty of this, you know, uh, before I was lifting heavy, I even played with yoga a little bit, but now it's like if I have an hour, hour and fifteen minutes where the kids are at the gym, they're they're watch the childcare there, watch them, it's great. But stretching is the first thing that I just overlook, you know. Okay, so here's the thing, and I think a lot of people have this backwards. So you never want to stretch before you work out, ever. You want mm-hmm. to warm up on the like an, like an elliptical, a bike, whatever, whatever you're gonna do. Warm up your shoulders. I, I, every time I lift weights, no matter what I'm lifting, I warm up my shoulders. Um, but you want to warm up and. You, you don't, the reason you don't want to stretch, you don't want to get your muscle and your fibers elongated. You want them to still be contracted, and you want to loosen them up. So I foam roll. So I foam roll at, before every workout. And if I don't have a – if I'm doing, like, my biceps and triceps, I can't foam roll. I have, like, my little – like a Theragun. It's called a hyperite. And I just – I work the, my muscle group, um, and I just loosen all that up because you have fascia, which is, like, the, out, the lining of a sausage. And that gets so bound up and so tight that it doesn't allow blood flow nutrients to come to your muscles. So – a lot of people are like, oh, I, I, I need to get pumped up. I haven't felt a pump for a long time. I'm like, dude, you need to go get your muscles working, that fascia loosened up or foam roll. So, you know, one of my favorite workouts is back because I foam roll my back every day and my back gets so loose that I can get so pumped up I can't even freaking turn. <laughs> and uh, I'm telling you, like, foam, if you can foam roll or use a gun or something, or even your, your thumb and massage the muscle before you work out and then stretch post, you're going to see huge results. Okay. But you have to do those. Like, you will not see me hit the gym without foam rolling or warming up my muscle and without stretching it afterwards. You'll never see it because I know there's been studies that show that it, it decreases your, the amount of performance and gains by up to 35%. Um, I believe it's more like 50%, but um, you know, it, you, if you're not allowing nutrients to come back into the muscle for stretching afterwards or loosening up your fascia before you stretch, you're either going to get one injured or two, um, you're not going to see any gains. It's like you're going to be one of those people that you see in the gym for 10 years and they've never changed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to get more into the, the stretching for sure. Um, I, I, this is one of those things that you like look at and you're like, I know that's good for me, but I just don't, you know, I got to make time to do it. Uh, I think a lot of, a lot of guys overlook that, but there's no excuse. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and preventing injury, like, you know, still playing soccer at this age, competitive. I play on in a men's league every Monday. And that's the first thing that, and I've pulled plenty of muscles doing that. And the older I get, the more concerned I am that I'm going to do it again. Well, you you always pull muscles in the dumbest things, like, 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 like you, you hurt yourself in your living room, you know, like, <laughs> like I won't play, I won't play turkey bowl because for three years in a row, I tore my hamstring so bad I could barely walk for like a month. And so like everybody invites me like, bro, we're playing turkey bowl, like for Thanksgiving, I'm like, have fun. What is I'm turkey bowl? Like, 
um, I, it's like a lot of guys will play like flag football or tackle football. Oh, okay, like yeah. Thanksgiving Day, um, and so they, it's called. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's like a, a few tards are the only ones that do it. But um, yeah, I know. I mean, there's games everywhere. You drive by a park up here on Thanksgiving. There's football games going on everywhere. Oh, and right. So on. yeah, I won't touch it though. Dude, I <laughs> doing that. I, I mean, I can go play like. Like college football, and won't tear my hamstrings. But I go play turkey ball, I'll freaking rip my hamstring. Yeah, yeah. So it's always those little things you do. Um, how long has Warrior Fuel Supplements been in existence? This March will be five years. Wow. Okay. And we're still rocking and rolling, growing. Everything's great, huh? Dude, this is this 2019 will be our biggest year ever. Um, and I like to look at it is we took five years trying to figure out what we want to do and how to impact the world. And 2019, people are going to see um, what we've been working on. And so. Um, not only on our hunting and in, in, in our, our endurance side, but as well as just the fitness side, we have we've we have um, figured out some ways to improve the body that I think no one else is utilizing, as well as um, some partnerships that I'm pretty excited about. So 2019 will be a big year for us and uh, everybody involved with us, and uh, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be awesome, man. I'm I'm way excited for it. Well, and you know, obviously, I'm a big fan. I think I've been taking your supplements for uh, two years now. And I, I can certainly tell, you know, I feel better. Um, I recover faster. And obviously going into the gym, there's a lot of terrible, terrible pre-workouts that are on the market oh, yeah. today that are just filled with stuff that's horrible for you. It's like Red Bull, you know. Uh, they well, probably taste great and give you a little caffeine kick, but they're awful for you. That's not what. Yep. Uh, that's not how I here, feel when here, I take yours. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. And I, and I, and I don't even like get into this too much because I, I get fired up about it, but – I meet and, and talk with uh, supplement owners all the time. Um, I have, they're either calling me, I'm, I'm talking to them in one aspect or the other, um, and manufacturing companies. And, and I can't tell you how many times where I, I get this. It's like a supplement owner's like, oh, man, we, we have the best pre-workout in the world. This guy formulated it. You know, and he also formulates bodybuilding.com or whatever. And, uh, and you know, he's way expensive, but, but he's the one formulated it. And I'm like, dude, you're like 55% of your body is fat. You don't ever work out. You don't eat right, but yet you're the mouth of a supplement company, and you don't even know what's in your product because this guy's formulating, you know. And 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 then they go tell me, oh, it, it costs us seven bucks to make. And I'm like, dude, shredded pump cost me seventeen dollars to make, pinching every penny I could finally I could pinch, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you're making a product for seven bucks, which is the standard, in so this is kind of like what they say, okay, is that in in the supplement world, if you're if your pre workout is more than seven dollars and fifty cents, you're not going to make it. Okay, hmm. um, and that's why a lot of pre-workouts out there suck because no one's willing to put the money in to make a legit pre-workout that that's sustainable. You know, you look at and I'm and, and again, this isn't mean dogging anybody. Look at Mountain Ops; they're they're enduro, their pre-workout, and another product that they have looks the exact same on their formula, like 100% the exact same. And so, but they just say like it's like enduro; they're endurance strength. There's no electrolytes in it. There's nothing that it causes endurance, but it has 5,000 milligrams of arginine. You know, a thousand milligrams efficiently, like everything looks exactly like their Yeti does. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's that kind of stuff that you have no knowledge. You don't truly care about performance. You care about selling a damn product. Mm-hmm. We don't care about selling a damn product half as much as we care about creating something that works. Like that is our four, first and foremost. Like we are not in this to, to make money. That, that, you know, that's obviously hopefully money comes down the road. But, but my mission in life is to create a, a, performing, a performing product that yields results. And that is super healthy for somebody. And so, I mean, you're making it for yourself, essentially. I mean, dude, that's it. Like, no, I don't. I don't have anybody in mind. I don't sit there and go, our competitors are doing this or doing that. I, that's not at all what I do. I sit down and say, okay, 
here's the research that I've been researching for the last six months. This is what I think we need to change. This is how we need what we need to add. This is what we need to do. And if there's not a day that goes by where I'm not trying to per, uh, perfect our aminos, our pre-workouts, our you know other you know, products that we have coming out. Like we're constantly. I mean, it's a daily grind to improve what we have. But I still even think as as is, we still have a better and a far superior pre-workout than anybody else. Um, I don't think there's anybody else that comes close. And and, and dude, I spend maybe $200 a month buying pre-workouts to test them against shred pump. Um, it, it's not like I'm just biased. Like I want to test pre-workouts to make sure ours is superior to theirs. And if for some reason I find a pre-workout that I feel better on, and I'm going to make some damn changes, you know? And uh, um, I honestly truly believe that no one comes close. And, I, and I, I truly believe it's the intent. Like you look, you look at all these guys, like all these hunters out there all year long, no one's working out. No one's eating right. No one's doing a thing. Honey season's over. It's like, Oh, check out our workouts. We're going to write it. We're going to do a challenge. And, you know, follow our workout plan. I'm like, dude, you guys didn't work out for the last seven months. Like, you guys don't live this shit. Like, all you do is you go and you're doing it for the gram. And that's what everybody does. You know, my biggest, my biggest uh, pet peeve right now is all these professional hunters. It's like everybody does everything for the gram. It's like you, you wouldn't post. He's saying he's referencing like, oh, Instagram for our followers who are not on dude, social media. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry for Instagram, but, or, or Facebook or, or whatever it is, but, but it's like all these guys posting these like pictures of them praying over their deer and all this stuff just so they can put it on Instagram and look like that they're God-fearing people. And in all reality, if you're praying over your deer, it should be a sacred thing. It shouldn't be something that you're blasting out to make yourself look good. You know, yeah. like it, it's all this stuff that I see that I'm just like, dude, this is a joke. Like all you guys are a joke. It, it, it's those awesome, amazing hunters that aren't, aren't flashed all over Instagram and all over Facebook that are the real deal. In all honesty, I kind of uh, have this weird gonna... uh, paradox because I have a supplement sponsor, but I also have a beer sponsor. You know, so I uh, you I can't beat that, bro. I do you work out religiously. Beer. You know, I'm at the gym at least five days a week, uh, but I still drink a little beer. So I kind of, you know, I, I feel like I'm muscles look good, but I still have that little dad beer gut. You know, so that's part that of... balance, bro. <laughs> like, like that's 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 happiness. Like in all honesty, like like being shredded. Um, is is for the single dude like like i'm probably the exception just because i absolutely you have to it's, if you're going to be behind this company right i mean well it's not even that you know, i don't do anything for anybody like i don't care what anybody looks at me and says i, I truly don't and that's it's kind of a bad thing because i should i should but i don't like everything i do is for me uh-huh. and, for, and for and and more for what my kids look at me as like i want my kids to look at me and say man dad's a stud or dad can do this that's superman i want to be like dad it has nothing to do with my popularity or my likes or my following. You know, it's it's all about myself. But and, and that goes with hunting and fitness and everything that I do. And so, um, my my favorite thing, dude, I love pain. Like I'm gonna be honest. Like I love I love hiking. I, I hiked over 480 miles this year um, between the scouting season and hunting season. Most of it huge elevation climbs, and I didn't shoot anything. I killed. I shot one deer. Couldn't find it. Um, and uh, you know that that's the end of the story. But. I, I love that challenge. I love I go to the gym and I, I love feeling sick to my stomach when I walk out because I just push myself to the to limits. Like it's me knowing I'm making progress with myself. And so that's the difference between me. I feel like and why my supplements are so much better than everybody else's because no one else is doing that. Everybody else is literally making a workout only to post it on Instagram. You know, and that's it. And that's where I get into this this credibility crisis. I don't even know if you want to go into there. Yeah, man, we absolutely can, Ryan. But first, we need to take a quick break. That segment. 
was brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. You know, land is the one thing they're not making any more of, but everybody wants it. Lone Star Ag Credit will help you finance your piece of paradise, and you can find them at LoneStarAgCredit.com. We'll be right back with more from our buddy Ryan Alsbach of Warrior Fuel Supplements. You're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Happy holiday while the merry bells keep ringing. Happy holiday to you. Live Oak Outdoors offers some of the best waterfowl hunting in the Central Flyway. Hunting over 2,000 acres of cut rice along the coast that attracts wintering geese by the tens of thousands. Hunts take place out of layout blinds or white parkas over a spread of 1,500 decoys. It's also common to shoot pintail and other puddle ducks in the goose spread. Professional guides make sure you have a safe and memorable hunt of a lifetime. They're based out of El Campo, Texas. Check them out at liveoakoutdoors.com or you can book your hunt by calling Chris Slimp at 832-466-9646. Do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution. The System Hog Trap comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The System is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's goinfencing.com. Three Curl Outfitters is now offering guided North Texas quail hunts. Just 30 minutes south of DFW, if you're looking for a quality quail hunt close to home, planning a company outing, or just looking for a place to tune up your dogs, you need to give them a call. Hunts are $250 a hunter for a half-day hunt. That includes 15 birds, and you can add extra birds for $8 a piece if you want to give your bird dog just a little more run. You're welcome to bring your own dogs. Otherwise, the guide and dog fee is $150 a day for your entire group. That's not per person. Go to 3curl.com or call 214-641-8097 to book your hunt today. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? No, I'm doing just fine, Clark. There's no better way to spend the holiday. It's Christmas and I'm snowed in with you. There's our very own Gary P. Nunn bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoors show, Snowed In With You. Love that tune there. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Thanks for being here. Uh, I'm Cable Smith, by the way. And there's no place I'd rather be than talking, hunting, and fishing with you fine folks. We've got our friend Ryan Allspock of Warrior Fuel Supplements, a fitness guru and passionate backcountry bow hunter here with us today. And we'll get back into that conversation here in just a second. But first, I want you to put this date on your calendar. If South Africa is something that's been on your bucket list, well, we're going June 7th through the 15th. Back with John X Safaris for the third Lone Star Outdoors show trip with John X. June 7th through the 15th, trip of a lifetime. There's still two openings, maybe three, if, if you got uh, two buddies you want to bring with you, or maybe your dad and brother. Shoot me an email, Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com. Uh, I can't wait. It's like it's Africa's in my blood now, and I can't imagine not going back. So it's going to be a hell of a trip. Uh, John X Safaris, Lone Star Outdoors Show. We're doing it again. And I'd love for you to be a part of it. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and bring back our good friend here, Ryan Allspock, who was nice enough to stick around through the break. You know, Ryan, um, I know you have 
some issues with the way things are going, not just in the fitness industry, but also within the hunting community, something that you're very plugged in with. Hell, uh, Warrior Fuel Supplements has their own Warrior Fuel Hunt page because you do target the backcountry athlete. So in your opinion, Ryan, where does this credibility crisis come into play within the hunting community? Like for these professional hunters out there, it's like, dude, how many times do you see a, 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 a hunter that has a decent name switching companies? Like it, the, if someone will offer them 10 more thousand dollars or five more thousand, they're going to be gone like that. And so where does the true credibility come from? Who can we trust? You know, I see it in the fitness game. Um, I see it in the hunting game. It, it's only about money. It has nothing to do with it. And, and here's the, the, the sad part about it is a really a, a, an amazing human being has his day job and supports his passion, you know. And if his passions can somehow, you know, make him a little money or, or whatever, as long as he's staying true to his beliefs and his principles and his integrity, then, then he's an amazing person. But it's the people that are all in on the hunting industry that are, are sponsor whores and that are going out and, and wanting money to support their passions, it's like get a job um, and, and support your passions and, and, and build something and, and, and impact the world. Don't, don't be someone that's kissing ass all over the place so you can get another sponsor and so you can, you know, you can hunt on another high-fence ranch. Like all of these famous people are on guided hunts. Like none of them are doing public land DIY stuff. And I have way more respect for the bow hunter that's doing, that's doing public land DIY hunts than I do – for the person that's on every single hunt, the guided hunt, because that's why they're shooting big stuff. Because so and so walking into the deer and saying, "Pull the trigger," you know, like, oh, sure. like I'm, 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 and, and I have no, granted, I'm not dissing on that way of hunting. Well, and I'll tell you though, you know, I've, I've hunted high fences, but and it's fun, you know, if someone invites me, and, and it is a perk of this job to come uh, shoot a nice buck and hang out and drink oh, a yeah. couple Lone Stars. I'll go do that. But you know, I'm also like, if you told me, Cable, you can hunt one thing for the rest of your life and that's it it would be a coin flip between bow hunting for elk in the mountains which you saw i mean i killed a nice bull with my bow this oh, year yeah, blessed sure. but i earned that i mean that was a hell of a hellacious uh, week in the mountains and then duck hunting because i just love hunting with my dog so um people don't people probably don't know that that like i i i think i've killed three white tail bucks already this year uh, but and i love it don't get me wrong but i'd rather i'd rather be bow hunting for elk to be honest with you <laughs> oh yeah Dude, there's nothing, and that's the thing is like I, I, I sat down at the end of the, the, my last hunt this year and I hunted my butt off. I hunted more times, spent more money hunting than I ever have in my life this year, and didn't shoot anything. And so you just went to Idaho, uh, right? I went. I was in Idaho several times, elk hunting, deer hunting. Um, I was I was all over Utah like like a wild man. Um, and uh, the thing with it was is is I I love hunting, you know, and I love scouting. Far more than I love killing something. Like, and I, granted, trust me, I love I love harvesting a, a, a big game animal. But, but the being in the mountains, being in the scenery, um, uh, like a, a peace of mind, the the hunt, the challenge, the everything about it, I love it. Like, I, I'm a, I'm deeply addicted to it. And it's, it's, it'll be one of my my favorite things till the day I die. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I sat back and I said, man, I had so many amazing memories this year. Yeah, I didn't harvest what I wanted to, but there's next year, and I, I still feel at peace with all of the effort that I put into and all the things I experienced and all the animals I saw and, you know, and, uh, it, it was, we'll go back to the pain. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a, uh, physically, uh, just, Oh, this is such, this is so nice. I'm, my body loves this, you know, I mean, you like pain. Uh, that's part of, you, you know, that whole elk hunt from, for me this year was 
I never went through so much physical pain to accomplish a goal. Oh yeah. And uh and, and even if I wouldn't have taken an elk, I would have walked out of the mountains feeling a great sense of accomplishment. Yep. You know, that that's the thing is like people a lot of people don't know like my knee I had you know, over 30 cc's of fluid in my left knee most of the hunting season. I, I was I was shuffling my feet up, you know, six, seven miles of trails this year. Man, I, I just wanted to be up there. I just want to be on the ridges and see what I saw, you know, experience what I experienced and, and have a good time. And so that's the thing is I think my, my biggest thing is I feel like a lot, of, a lot of the hunters out there or a lot of the people that are, and this is the sad part, is a lot of these people are what all the younger guys are looking up to, is the love's gone. It's all about, what sponsor you you know what bow you're you being sponsored by what and then you got the bow sponsors hell half their half the guys they sponsor like Hoyt for instance their guys don't even shoot anything with a bow so it's like the only time they harvest something with a rifle and I'm sitting there going dude you guys are sponsoring all these guys and they you know I give the, I give Evan crap all the time like none, none of them even shoot anything with a bow you know, they're <laughs> shooting things with rifles you know it's like it's just it's the sponsor game is I think it's creating this massive credibility crisis on who we can trust what what why they're using what they're using. You know, they're changing pack companies. They're changing optic companies. They're changing camo companies. They're changing boot companies all the time. And, uh, and so it's like, who do you trust and why do you trust them? And so, you know, for a, a good example for me, you know, I, I have, I don't know, I would say six or $7,000 in boots in my garage right now over the last three years. And uh, I, I bought every boot on the market trying to find the boot that works. I bought lots of open suns. I bought, every, I have like Krispies and, and I mean, the Scarpas and a Schneeze. I mean, you name it, I got it. Like there's, there's nothing that, that, people aren't wearing that I don't have and uh, trying to find that, that thing. And, and I would, I would listen to somebody and, and they'd be like, Hey, I use this boot, the best boot in the world. I'd go buy it. And I'd be like, this boot absolutely sucks. And uh, <laughs> I'm stuck with the boots. I wore it up on the mountain, you know, but they were sponsored by that company. You're, you, if, you know, let's say you're sponsored by Leopold and they're only paying you five grand a year. And Maven comes up and says, Hey, we'll give you 10. You're going to, you're going to split in like two seconds. You know, it creates, there's no loyalty. Um, and then, then you're stuck and you're, you're taking your passion and it's all about money and it's not really your passion anymore because it's work and money and I don't know, a lot of nastiness that comes along with it, politics and all this stuff. And, you know, it's like, that's the other thing is I feel like there's a lot of politics in the supplement, um, hunting world now. It's like, who are you with? Oh, we can't be friends because you're, you're, you know, you're supporting mountain ops or this or that, you know, or I get these guys that, that always want me to talk crap on mountain ops on my page. And I'm like, dude, I don't think mountain ops guys are bad i don't think that they're like true work guys that work out and that really care about supplements but i think they're badass marketers you know like yeah. um but well, it's like black rifle coffee is that the best coffee in the world hell no it's not it's okay exactly yeah exactly but they're um, hell of marketers but, and i like watching their videos <laughs> i love them yeah no actually i actually got to know matt best pretty and he's they're funny dude oh he, like, his videos um, are great yeah dude he's funny yeah he works out at, he worked out at my gym for a while before we moved back to texas and uh and we got to talk quite a bit. I've, I've been over there, meet, met with those guys. They're, they're good dudes. But, but you're right. Like, it's, it's marketing, you know. And so, you know, I, I wanted to be pure, like 100% pure. That's why we manufacture our own stuff. That's why I learned how to flavor. You know, I, I already know how to formulate, but I knew, like, I learned the ins and outs and, uh, of our supplement business because I didn't want to be one of those guys that I, I was marketing a product I wasn't making. And yeah. so, you know, I believe that if you're not marked, if you're, if you, have no idea that the chemical reactions of the formula that you have going into the body, dude, you have no business being in that, in that industry. You know, mm-hmm. um, you're just selling freaking just sugar down water. That's really having no benefit. And you're selling it for 40, 50 bucks. You know, I, I, I believe that in any, in any industry, like if you, if you aren't deeply involved in the, the creation of your product, you have no business selling it to a consumer that believes in you. 
You know, you're lying to them. Yeah. And so, you know, I, 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 and I, I 100% believe that. It's like you get all these Instagram big names out there that also have a supplement company. You're like, dude, you don't know, you don't know the difference between freaking whey protein and egg white protein. You know, it's like our, our performance and our, our quality and our, our, our result will come far beyond um, any dollar amount or any popularity contest or likes on our page. Yeah. Obviously, I make a living. I do this full time. So I take sponsors' money. But I will say I'm proud of the fact that all. Oh, Ninety percent of my sponsors have been with me for five or more years. You know, I've been with Vortex for forever. Elite Archery, I think I've they send me a new bow every year, and are, you know they're a paying sponsor too. And uh, I think I've had seven or eight of their bows, so that tells you how long I've been shooting their stuff. Um, now, now, no, no, now, give me, give, don't get me wrong here. Like doing a podcast and in, in what you're involved with the media and supporting your media company is not what I'm getting at. Like I'm not talking about that. Like because there's nothing wrong with taking paid advertising sponsorship. But oh, I mean, saying, yeah, I got to eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Don't, don't I'm just saying the guys that are out there that are just, they're trying to create their, their personal image. Like, you're, you're delivering news or information. Um, like, you're not over there trying to, you know, create your or radio. I mean, ra- there's about 30 radio stations that air it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, it, that's media. Dude. That's, like, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, what I'm, because that's, like, that's how media works, right? Like, yeah. Um, is you have you have you have paid um, advertising sponsors, but but what I'm talking about is the the actual guy that's just going out and hunting a deer and elk, and because he's you know I'm not going to name names, but he all of a sudden has you know he's 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 got all these these companies that are, that are blowing him up, and and all of a sudden he's not who he was before that. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, so yeah, plenty. It's when when and social media is I mean social media is giving people the ability, and it's. It's a catch-22 because, you know, it's great. It's the American way. Uh, people can go out and create their own business. But I kind of do think it's silly when you go look at someone's Instagram page that has literally they killed maybe one doe, and it says they're a public figure in the hunting industry. You know? Yeah, they have like 80,000 followers. Yeah. You're like, wait a second. Here. Wait, what does that mean? You know, what is a public figure? I don't even understand. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's that, that's kind of what I was getting at. It, it, I feel like there's a credi- credibility crisis. I truly do. It's like, who can you believe? Who can you trust? You know, you're, you're, we're finding out more and more scandals of, of hunters poaching so they can have a big animal. You're like, you know, there was a big scandal going on of a, some guy that worked at Mountain Ops post, posted a picture behind an elk that wasn't his and posted it as if he shot it, you know, mm. so he could look like he was a hunter, you know, and there's, there, there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. I'm like, come on guys. Like, like we love hunting, we love being outdoors. Let's just love it, you know. Like let's not post like cheesy pictures on Instagram because we want more followers and we want people to, we want them to, you know, perceive us as some amazing person. But let's let's be real and not change it. Who we who we should be and who we are because of Instagram, because of sponsors, because of money. Well, I totally agree with you on that front, um, and I think. I think there's a lot of pretty girls out there. Uh, if we're gonna we're gonna call a spade a spade, which I've been doing for ten years now. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of pretty girls out there who have like in the hundreds of thousands of followers, and it's like, holy crap, Ryan! If you're, I just had a pair of boobs. You know, we'd have a million followers. Two million. <laughs> exactly. No, I know. Uh, it's it's hilarious. Well, hey, uh, let's let's switch gears. And uh, get into something that I wanted to talk more on the hunting side of things, which I think for you and I both, uh, well, I know for me, the reason why I want to go to the gym is because I want to be a better hunter, a better person. For sure. But my main passion is hunting and fishing. So if I'm going to have more stamina in the mountains or 
you know, fighting red snapper all day or whatever offshore. I mean, that, that stuff's tiring as well. So it's just a whole, it's the lifestyle for me. You're a very analytical person. In, in, in all reality, like I'm, I'm going deep into the hunting, our hunting side this year. I, I, this, this, in 2018, I didn't do much of the hunting side. Um, um, I, I didn't give out a lot of information. I didn't do a lot because I was still in the, in, in the, um, trying to decide which direction we want to take it. Now we know which direction we want to take it and we're going to, we're running with it. But, but, uh, um, I'm, I'm going to be posting workouts every, every week on the, on the hunting side of things, um, all, all spring, all, all winter, um, talking about how, how hunters can get themselves in shape, um, in, from the inside out and the most utilized muscles climbing a mountain, the most utilized muscles on a pack out, the u- most utilized muscles of the hunter that all that stuff is going to be on our, on a uh, warrior field hunt, um, starting in the first week of January. So the process of, of, of hunting never stops, right? Like it's, it, there's a lot of preparation that goes into um, hunting elk. So you're not in severe pain, um, in the Rocky mountains or, or in the mountains wherever you're at. And I'm going to be, get, I'm going to be getting into everything from ligaments to, to how to roll out your feet. Um, I mean, things that you can bring with you in the mountain to, to relieve pain. And, and, you know, I'm going to be going deep in all this stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to be educating. Yeah, no, it's going to be huge um, <laughs> this, this winter and in the spring. So um, I'm really excited for what we have rolling out. I'm going to get into socks, layering socks, um, all kinds of everything, foot beds. I'm going to go in because I've, I've dealt with foot doctors, uh, foot surgeons. I've dealt with so many different things this year. I, I'll, I'll be showing people that how they can bring small little tools with them to when they get up the mountain to take care of themselves. And because uh, um, I backpack, like that's my biggest thing. My, my passion is backpack hunting for mule deer. Um, but you're, you don't so, stop. Like you live in, in right there. Like we've talked about uh, the mountains there in Utah are like right there at your back door. Right there. I, so you do it year round. 20 minutes to get to, to my, the trailhead yeah. from my house. Yeah. And it's on. I'm and, jealous. And it's <laughs> five miles up and, and uh, straight up. And we're talking straight up. Like there's, but yeah, it's uh, the stuff that we hunt in is pretty gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I encourage everybody to check it out and you'll be posting those on the warrior fuel hunt page. At, at, yeah. Every day there'll be something new. Like I'll be, I'll be posting, I'll be dropping knowledge every day. You know, the, the thing that I want to encourage everybody, there's going to be a lot of companies out there um, it, around the fitness world, okay, that are going to be um, encouraging you to try 30 days, 60 days, 90 day challenge. I, I encourage everybody not to do that. Um, don't, don't see that there's a light at the end of the tunnel of, of your fitness um, or your habits that you're going to be creating going into 2019. Um, I, I, I urge everybody to, to create good habits that are sustainable because if it's not sustainable, if it's only sustainable for 60 days or 90 days, it's not worth it. Um, but, but then you just go back to the same old you. Yeah, man. And all, I'm, I'm, I, everybody asks me why I don't do challenges because I'm 110% against them. I think they're garbage. Like you, you can't have a light of the tunnel. You need to find good habits that you could implement in your life going forward. And, uh, and you can change your life because I promise come hunting season, you'll feel those changes and you'll be rocking. Get away from these challenges. Focus on, on the things we're going to be dropping on the hunt side. Um, follow my page. I'm going to be dropping a lot of knowledge, and uh, and I promise there will be things you can implement in your life that are sustainable for life. Your your personal page is Ryan Warrior Fuel, I think, right? Yeah, it's Ryan underscore Warrior Fuel. Okay, and then Warrior Fuel Hunt is the uh, the page also. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, one, one thing I did want to ask you, and what about a cleanse? Like, what, if you... Okay, that, that's the first thing that I'm going to be posting, actually. We have a product, a cleansing product, that we took four products, put them into one. Um, and we're, it's, an, it's our number two seller of, of all of our products, and I'm going to be posting on how to cleanse. And that's like before you start anything, cleanse. Um, let's get our, our bodies working efficiently and, and, and good, and I'll be I'll be talking about that. Right on, right on. I mean, it's just like you know, changing the oil. You gotta you gotta start 100%. over. 
get get it right. Oh, yeah. You're gonna if you're gonna make changes. So. Um, oh yeah. Well, right on, man. Well, hey, I certainly oh, appreciate it. Always great to talk to you. You too, man. So there he goes, our good buddy Ryan Alsbach, founder of Warrior Fuel Supplements. Uh, I'll tell you, he's certainly passionate and isn't afraid to point out things that he thinks are flawed within the hunting and fitness communities, uh, which I think there's something to be said for that. You all know me. Uh, <laughs> I call it like I see it. And sometimes that rubs people the wrong way. Uh, I, I don't really I don't really care, to be honest with you. It is what it is. If the truth hurts your feelings, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry at the end of the day uh, because I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And I think on some level that has everything to do with the fact that we're still on the air Nine years later, four hundred and this is episode four hundred and sixty-one. So there you go. Uh, that segment of the show brought to you by Sendero Seed Company, Texas premier seed company. They've got anything and everything you need to keep a happy and healthy whitetail herd. You can find them at SenderoSeed.com. They've even got the Dr. Deer backed buck forage oats. Um, well, just looking at the clock here. Unfortunately, we got to go. Got to get out of here. We're flat out of time. Thanks to Ryan, as well as our other guest today, Alan Kane of Texas Parks and Wildlife. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of the Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying Merry Christmas, and y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Sir, I want to buy.